Okay, good morning, everyone. Uh, let's uh, begin, first of all, here with a word of prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, as you continue to provide for your people, so provide for us who call upon you always in our time of need. Bless our nation, bless our country. Uh, in the midst of the church year, as we uh, roll through a study of the end times and what is yet to come, show to us through the book of Daniel this day that we may still have hope, that we may have comfort of knowing that you yet reign as our Lord and King. All this we ask in the powerful and precious name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Okay, um, what I'm going to do first before we dive into Daniel real quick, um, you're all aware, raise your hand if you're not aware that the state of Indiana made changes to the COVID stuff this last week. Everybody's aware of that? Now raise your hands if you're just tired of the whole COVID thing. I'm sorry, I can't do anything about that. Um, there, there, there are good things coming, and uh, so continue to pray for that. Um, it's real, it's not fake, it's not a conspiracy. I actually have a brother pastor by the name of Reverend Dr. Heath Trampy uh, in North Dakota, and uh, they have had a huge outbreak of COVID within their parish. Um, a lot of people. And um, so far, have not had any deaths, uh, as far as I'm aware of, uh, but it, it, it has affected a lot of people. So, this last week, prior to um, uh, the governor kind of surprising us a little bit with the elimination of the stages and a step backwards, we actually, as pastors, elders, and church council, were ready to send you kind of a, a letter about one simple change that we as leaders thought was very good to do. And I'm going to go ahead and read that letter for you because I think it explains better than I can stand up here and explain it to you. And what I want you to know is that tomorrow night, um, we as pastors will be meeting with the elders. We're also doing a Zoom call with uh, all of uh, physicians uh, in our congregation, and we've got a wide variety of, ph of physicians, so a lot of expertise there uh, to talk about any other changes we may want to make. Some of you might be happy about this. Others of you are like, seriously? More stuff? And the, the one thing I'm just going to urge you to think of, one, is we as a church want to serve who? We want to serve everyone. We want everyone to receive the Lord's gifts. So here I'm going to dive in the letter. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there are differing opinions in our congregation regarding the wearing of masks within the sanctuary for the divine service. Were you aware of that? Oh yeah, you probably were. Since reopening in stages, May to July forward, we have followed the directives of the state of Indiana, which does allow an exemption for the wearing of masks, provided that six-foot separation is maintained. We have strongly recommended to our members to wear a mask as they are able, attempting to follow state and federal protocols. We have also required the wearing of our mask in our day school and Sunday school, especially where six-foot separation cannot be maintained. With all that being said, the pastors and elders are concerned that all of our members at Advent are best served according to their conscience and opinions. As the elders are once again contacting all the members of the, of the parish, they attempt to do this twice a year, raise your hand if, the, uh, if you've received a phone call or a voicemail from an elder. Okay, if you haven't, it's coming. Okay, um, check your voicemail. <laughs> it's hard to get a hold of people, but twice a year our elders break up a phone call list of the congregation, and it's, it's just kind of a general welfare call. How are, how are you? How are you doing? Anything we can do. It's just one of the ways we've tried to increase our visibility and communication with our members. Okay? So, 
In the midst of that, we've also had some members that have reached out to us with opinions about our current guidelines. And here are the characterizations of these sentiments and opinions are summarized below. And I, I would imagine that um, uh, all of you gathered here today or watching online could probably pick one or two of these that fit you. So this is what we've gathered in terms of information. Number one, some people have said, masks should be worn at all times, 100%, making it safe for all, and unless this takes place, my conscience is conflicted. I desire to return to worship but cannot under the current guidelines. Number two, some people have said, masks should be required in church as they are required everywhere else, including most other churches. Number three, masks should be required due to my age and pre-existing health conditions. Number four, some people have said, masks cannot be worn due to my health issue as allowed by state and federal protocols. And we've got uh, a few of those folks here, obviously. Number five, masks cover our face before God, which conflicts with my faith and my conscience. Number six, masks are ineffective and requiring me to wear one conflicts my conscience and personal freedoms. Now, if I asked you which of these six were correct, I bet you would have an opinion. What I'm going to tell you is what we, where we are at as leaders, all six of these are correct. Okay? Like it or not, in some way, shape, or form, the last thing we want to do is bind someone's conscience. Okay? We recognize and we hope that you, as members of Advent, recognize the wide variety of opinions on the issue of wearing a mask at church. Simply stated, we seek to best serve every one of you without binding your conscience. As such, we would ask all of our members to respect others' opinions according to Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. And since this is still Bible class, let's read it together, shall we? Here we go. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So, this is what we are proposing, so I'm giving you a heads up. We're going to have a meeting tomorrow night, and there will be now forthcoming uh, information. Make sure you check your emails by the end of this week. Uh, we'll post it. We'll put something in the box, okay? Um, but here is what, where we are at right now. To best serve and worship with one another in love and maintain unity and peace at Advent Evangelical Lutheran Church, we humbly are announcing the following change to our policy at this time. Number one. Mask will be required at the 8.15 a.m. Sunday Divine Service. This will be our mask-only service, and six-foot distancing must still be maintained. Wearing masks will be required in the narthex and in the sanctuary during the entirety of the service, of course, removed briefly when receiving the Lord's Supper. Okay? Some people might say, why did you pick the 8.15 a.m. service if you're going to do this? It's really simple. The church is cleaned <laughs> and is ready to go. It's very difficult to get the sanctuary completely clean, especially between services, and to do that. So uh, we can guarantee a space where we haven't had people coming in and out, all those things, and so the 8.15 a.m. service uh, is, is the best one. Number two, then, the 10.45 service is pretty much what we've already been doing, okay? Uh, mass will still be recommended but not required at the 10.45 a.m. Sunday Divine Service, and six-foot distancing must still be maintained. So until the current pandemic ends, we are respectfully asking for your patience and love for one another. It's our sincere hope and prayer that this slight change to our policy will provide all, Advent, all members of Advent an opportunity to attend a worship service of their choice before our Lord and fellowship with one another 
receiving his precious gifts of forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Okay? So here's kind of an upcoming, um, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll publicize this. We're going to talk about this tomorrow night, but this is kind of where we're at right now. The early service would be a mask-required service. We have been providing masks so far, so if you don't have one, they'll be on the back if you're at the 815, and you'll be asked to put one on. Um, if you're uncomfortable wearing a mask or cannot wear one, that's okay. We've got a 1045 a.m. service, then 1045 a.m. service that you don't have to wear it at as long as you maintain the six-foot distancing. We recognize that's going to, for some people, if you're early service people, <laughs> that's going to adjust your schedule just a little bit. Okay, But keep in mind that others are going to be adjusting their schedule as well. Uh, for Thanksgiving Day service, uh, 10 a.m., mask recommended. Advent Wednesday recommended. Christmas Eve, we're still working through this one, but the 5 and 7 for Christmas Eve are also our two largest services. And so right now we're thinking about making the two of those mask required, but we may do one and the other recommended. We'll talk about that tomorrow night. And then our midnight mass at 11 o'clock, basically the same as 1045, smaller numbers as well as Christmas Day, uh, smaller numbers. Okay. At this point, I'm going to invite up is, uh, uh, where is Steve Votman? Oh, he's downstairs. Is he teaching? He, okay, he's teaching today. Chuck, do you want to come up and help me answer any questions at this time, or do we just want to tell them, hold your questions, and we're going to have our meeting tomorrow night? Um, we're trying to be as open kind of with this as possible, um, and we value your thoughts and opinions on it, but, you know, tomorrow night we're going to go through that. So we wanted to at least kind of give you a heads up that change is coming in some way, shape, or form. We, I know of a lot of churches here in Indianapolis that are going back to full sign-ups, limiting down to 50 or 100. The number right now that the government, you know, has said is 25% capacity. Our capacity of our sanctuary is 450. So I counted 83, I think, this morning. So 25% of 450, you can do math for yourself. So our services right now having two, we're well within what the government is recommending. So I don't see a need for us to go to online signups or limit further we just don't have the numbers for that. Obviously, some of the larger churches, this is a little more of a, of a, of a bigger deal and issue. Okay, Come on over here so you're in range. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. That was... Thank you for that. Okay, I'll stand over here. Hey, just any quick questions. I don't want to get too, too much tonight today, but go ahead. Our churches, could you, could you say that one more time? I didn't quite hear and understand all that. It, okay, COVID here uh, is, is uh, Dr. Box actually talked about this this last week. The real issue where they have done a lot of contact tracing with churches has not been within the service itself. It's been with people gathering together in the narthex or in smaller rooms, which should be a little bit like what we're doing here. People a little closer together, they stand around and talk and socialize. That's where they've had more of those issues. She said that. You can, you can look it up. The, her whole thing is online, um, and you can look at it that way. Um, yeah, that's probably the best I can answer your question to that. Um, here at Advent, we have not had any COVID cases traced back 
to Bible class, Sunday school, or divine service? Not yet. <laughs> I've been waiting at some point for that to happen. If that happens, you will get a call, phone call um, from someone who tested positive to inform you that they tested positive. That's what the state requires and the protocol for that, okay? Um, so thankfully, we haven't, we haven't had that issue yet, but with the rate things are picking up, we've been prepared for it all along. If we have some sort of a, you know, we have m many people that test positive that we know we're at a service, probably what we will do is a two-week shutdown where we will just do online for two weeks only um, and then do a good cleaning and then come back after that. So, okay. Any other burning questions? Doctor. Completely online, yes. Yep. So some churches absolutely are doing that. Um, we we want to be safe. We want to be respectful. Um, worship for us in person is also very much a matter of conviction of our faith. It's the divine and holy presence of God. So it's going to take a lot, you know, to kind of shut that down again. That was one of the toughest things that it, it, it still bugs me. And I don't want to get into that back in the spring. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Long. I think just one thing to add to what you've already said, Pastor, is we have taken a look at the attendance rates since the beginning of the year. And we're down about 20%, as I recall. So we really are trying to reach out for those people that are uncomfortable and are still remaining at home after all these months. Try to get them back into church and to, to be able to uh, have the sacraments and things. So having one of the services to allow them to do that, I think, is appropriate and very reasonable. And it's a little bit of a pain for those that are not real comfortable wearing the mask. But there is a service that's still available for you if you choose not to wear one. So, Yeah. And please remember as well, especially for those that are, that are still sheltering at home and, uh, and haven't ventured out to church yet, um, we have been and are still offering uh, very safe, individual confession absolution where we as pastors wear a mask stay six feet away and for you and or your household have a short it takes between 10 to 12 minutes a short little service where you come into church receive absolution hear some scripture and receive the body and blood of jesus okay and so i would just remind you what luther says if you don't think you need the lord's supper pinch yourself and see if you're alive <laughs> So uh, the Lord's Supper is, is a great gift, and we don't want to neglect that. And, uh, and, and, you know, so we've got some protocols in place there. So those of you watching online, you know who you are. I love you very much. I hope to see you soon in some way, shape, or form, okay? Um, so that's all we're trying to do is, is uh, uh, not bind anyone's conscience, be as accommodating as we can, safe as we can, and uh, theologically reverent as well, okay? Anything else? I don't see any rotten tomatoes flying my way. Yes, Mr. Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. So Mark's question, uh, those of you that are watching online, was uh, what are we doing about our Advent dinners? We'll be talking about that tomorrow night. Uh, obviously, you know, food service is a little more uh, of, of a challenge and a difficulty. Um, and so we're going to be we're going to be talking about that as well. 
Um, and the Board of Fellowship, I think, has been meeting, and I'm sure they probably already arrived at an opinion on that. Um, and we talked a little bit about it at council, but we'll include that in our correspondence that will come out this week. Okay? So hang tight. Thank you for that. Anything else? Okay. Smile. God loves you. And also remember that Jesus could return at any minute. I mean, I'm serious. I'm not joking about that. I mean, it could be later today. All right? So this too shall pass, as my grandma was fond of saying. Um, so uh, don't get all wigged out about all this. I know it's been a, it's, it's, it's been a hellacious year, okay? Um, and and I, I truly believe in the midst of all this, uh, uh, the Lord will grow us stronger and closer to him in the midst of all these changes. Okay, nothing else? Let's dive into Daniel, shall we? How do I turn this? I've got to turn this over to you. I don't know how to run this thing. I'm not a millennial falcon or whatever they call your generation. That was a Star Wars reference. I am old enough to know Star Wars. Okay, so last week we kind of finished up with Daniel chapter 5. And the one thing that I was sharing with you where we ended last week, um, so so Nebuchadnezzar now uh, is, uh, well, not Nebuchadnezzar, um, uh, Nabonidus, however you say his name, has this great big feast with all these people. Uh, you know, when, when mom and dad are away, the kids will play. And so uh, dad is away fighting off uh, the, the Persians, and the son, who's the king, is at home. He hosts this great feast. In the midst of that, they see fingers appear, and this is God, the finger of God. And one of the things I encourage you to do this last week is to let your own fingers do the walking and see where the finger of God occurs in Scripture. And so we talked about the Ten Commandments. And if you watch the old uh, Charlton Heston uh, movie, which actually the special effects on that were way ahead of their time. They were huge when the movie The Ten Commandments came out. We look back on it now and our kids are like, yeah, <laughs> you know, but it was pretty amazing. And the finger of God, you know, chiseling out the rock uh, and making the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and then what we don't know, uh, but we do know, we don't know what Jesus wrote in the ground. You remember when he kneeled down? And he wrote something, and we don't know what he wrote. Okay, That's on my little pastor uh, black book list. I don't think I'll be able to take it with me to heaven. But if I remember anything, that's one of the questions I'm curious um, of, you know, besides exactly what did happen to the dinosaurs. Um, you know, I, I think I know, but I'm kind of, you know, was a velociraptor really, you know, ferocious, or was it like a kitty cat? I mean, you know, you hear about that, you know, plant eater, meat eater, that sort of thing. So... So besides all that, I kind of want to know what Jesus wrote in the, in, the, in, the, in the dirt. And how did Jesus also use his finger? Very specifically, the Greek text is marvelous in this regard. Do you remember what Jesus also uses his finger for? <laughs> remember when he gives a guy a wet willy? Yeah? And he sticks his finger in the guy's ear. He grabs the guy's tongue, right? Not just that he touches his tongue. Uh, the, the indication of the Greek is really interesting there as well. He kind of grabs the guy's tongue, and so the guy that's, uh, that's mute is now able to speak. Uh, he who is deaf is now able to hear. So it's, it's all about the, the, the finger of God. So all this points to Christ. What are the what? Oh, yeah, mud on the eyes as well. Thank you for that one. Yep, mud on the eyes. 
And um, yeah, so it, it's kind of fun when you kind of tie some of these things together. Um, and so we've got the handwriting on the wall. And uh, and what did we what did we learn? Just tell me real quick what we learned last week. What did the handwriting on the wall basically show and tell? Judgment for who? For the king. Yeah, judgment for the king. Okay. And uh, we heard these words, many, many, tekel, and parson. And this is in Daniel chapter 5. This is the interpretation of the matter. Of the matter. Many, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed, not tickle. I told the acolyte this morning when I was a little kid and I would see a crucifix, I would always want to go up and tickle Jesus in the armpits because he's, he's got his arms up. And my dad told me that was not very reverent, so don't do that in front of the pastor. So, <laughs> I share too much with you, don't I? Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the, and the Persians. Okay? Um, so then uh, Belshazzar, that's the, 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 the son, gave the command. Daniel was clothed with purple. We talked about purple. Chain of gold put around his neck, and he was made the third ruler in the kingdom. So he was basically kind of next in line uh, from the son. And that very night, verse 30, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed. Okay? Um, and then, and this is where we get a jump. And I, if you remember, I'm not going to put it all back up on the board because I, I need some new markers. But we've got a jump here. Uh, in, in decades forward to the time now that the Persians have taken over the kingdom. Okay, so we're, we're, we're jumping to about 539 uh, BC, 605 roughly, right around there was when Daniel was taken into captivity. And so now we're jumping ahead in Daniel chapter 6. Okay, uh, Darius the Mede received the kingdom being about 62 years old. Okay, and that brings us here to. Uh, the feast and a den of lions. So let's read through chapter 6, and then we're going to jump into uh, the questions. We'll see, but we'll do that, okay? Daniel chapter 6, you ready? It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120, these are not rat traps, these are satraps, okay, rulers. Think of them as governors, okay, as we would have in our states, to be throughout the whole kingdom, Okay. Um, and, and over them three presidents, of whom Daniel was one. Okay? So you've got these satraps, 120, all their different little provinces, however you want to look at that, and then three uh, presidents, Daniel was one of these, to whom the satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents, so out of the three, and we've already known Daniel's a smart dude. He's shown that time and time again. God has given him favor. Um, Daniel, kind of like Joseph and his technicolor dream coat, is chosen by God to be a prophet. Okay? So this is a, a high, holy, miraculous, sacramental thing okay? uh, in terms of God's word. He became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Okay? And we know who that spirit was, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the living God. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the presidents and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. Why? That's just the way it works. <laughs> the sinful nature. So this is ninth and tenth commandment, coveting, okay? So, you know, if you're, you're in line at your company, somebody's probably above you, and you would like to have their bigger salary, you'd like to have their parking spot, you know, just fill in the blank, 
okay? And the sinner in you is always thinking of ways to get ahead. That's, that's a sinner in you, okay? And that sinner can't be reformed, by the way. So as Christians, that sinner just needs to be put to death, okay? So if you're struggling with that, come see me, and I'll just call you a hypocrite in the sinner and ask if you're sorry, and hopefully you will, and then I'll absolve you, and then, and then go to work and trust God for the rest. But anywho... Then the president's satraps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Now, you probably know people like that as well. They seem to just do everything right, and it just annoys you, right? Okay, maybe not. All right. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. So now what are they going to go after? He does his job well. He does what he's been asked to do. He's distinguished himself in service. So if we can't find fault for him in his vocation, we're going to find fault for him where? In his spirituality, his faith, in the law of his God. Okay? Now this is part of the reason, um, if, you, if you understand a little bit of how our Constitution is framed in the United States, we have some of the freedoms guaranteed to us that we do, okay? It's also part of the reason that, uh, at least here in the state of Andy, Indiana, and I'm very thankful for that, and I have to say, I'm, I'm out here wipe streaming on the web. Um, the government has said, okay, you churches, you be smart with this. <laughs> we're going to exempt you from having to follow some of these specific rules that we're going to impose on everybody else, okay? But we're going to expect you churches to set a good example, so correct, Mr. Long, we want to set a good example. Um, we, want to, we want to recognize what we've been given, and we're not under some of the other law. Um, you know, i got to tell you, there's still pastors and churches in other states that because of laws there, they still haven't been able to gather in person. So when you start to think about complaining about some of the things that you may not like at Advent, uh, call me, and, 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 and I will let you talk to a few members of people in other states where they, that some of that freedom has been taken away as well. Okay. All right, enough about that. I'm kind of going after you today. I'm sorry. Then these presidents and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, Oh, King Darius, live forever. <laughs> Early service people, this sound familiar to what they were doing to Jesus. Late service people, wait for it. Okay. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the counselors, and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Okay? Now pretend you're in preschool, because if you're in preschool, you'd put your hands up and you'd growl. Go ahead. Rawr, you're a lion, right? Oh, you don't like doing that? you got to smile in church. If you can't smile in church, there's something wrong. Okay. Um, tickle Jesus? Ah, okay. All right. So now, for if, if anybody is worshipped but who? Who are they saying should be worshipped? The king, right? And, and, and th th this text is great timing with, what <laughs> with the whole Roman Caesar thing, by the way. Okay? Um, now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document, right? Just sign it, king. You don't have to worry about it going through the Senate or the House. Just use your power and sign it, so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. Say, wow. This sets the stage for the story. 
Now, keep in mind, Daniel has served. <laughs> I mean, he's served a lifetime already, okay, to Nebuchadnezzar, to Nebuchadnezzar's family. I listed up last week all the various kings, and that was a, a nation in turmoil, okay? So now the Medes and the Persians have overtaken Babylon, so that's a big change. And Daniel, once again, the Lord has blessed him. Um, but once again, okay, the world, the devil, the world, and sinful nature is constantly attacking. It's always there. Now, you would think at some point Daniel probably just wanted to throw his hands up in the air and say what? I'm done. I mean, this is ridiculous. Daniel at this point is an old man, right? Um, and, and now pay attention to this. This, 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 this. this is huge. So if you've ever been... You know, you, you, things went really well, and maybe you're a little older, and all of a sudden something rocked your world. Could be health diagnosis, could be financial, and you feel like you're starting over, or you feel like you've been there, done that, and you're just like, this is ridiculous, right? Or maybe you shot a couple of deer you couldn't find. Just want to be done with the whole thing. I'm not looking at you. Now, God's still at work. He's still going to provide, Okay. So when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. Okay? Now, it's interesting to hear a little bit of, of Daniel's piety. So he's got windows that are towards Jerusalem. Because keep in mind, he was taken some 65 years earlier, roughly, from Jerusalem. Okay? Why is Jerusalem so important for Daniel? The temple. The temple is everything. You read your read the Old Testament, you know, again, and we've been studying this in, in Leviticus on our Wednesday morning study, you know, uh, it's all about God getting closer and closer and closer to his people to dwell with them. The dwelling place of God is with man. And so we see this time and time again through the sacrificial system. So, uh, so now Daniel has been, you know, or grew up, if you will, uh, you know, worshiping there, having the center of, of the life. Uh, that temple that would have been built by Solomon, okay? Um, and so this is, this is the, the presence of God, okay? Now, do we need to worship towards Jerusalem anymore? No. Why not? Well, one scripture says your body is the temple of God, okay? But don't worship your body. <laughs> Take care of your body, okay? Um, what's the point? Where is God? Oh, don't tell me everywhere. No. Yes, God has the ability to be everywhere. Where does God promise to be for you? Smack yourself in the head. In your baptism, smack yourself in the belly. Body and blood of Jesus, Lord's Supper, okay? And in his, the B-I-B-L-E. That's why we say word and sacrament, Okay. He's also promised to be in the church to speak that word, and that's why there's the Lutheran third sacrament, which is what? Absolution. Okay, so pay attention. There's a reason the, these six chief parts of the catechism are laid out that way. It's a reason they're called the Bible in a nutshell. This is where God promises to be. You want to find God? I'm sorry. You know, don't go out to a Colts football game. Can God be there? I suppose you could say that if they're winning, and they had a pretty good win this last Thursday, I know, okay? My Chiefs are doing pretty well. Is God there? I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, God's got the ability to be everywhere, but does he promise to be there for me, to give me forgiveness of sins? Does he say that's where I need to go seek him? And the answer is no. Seek him 
where he promises to be found in his word and sacraments. Okay? And if I had a nickel for every time someone told me, well, I can worship God wherever I want, on my bass boat, in my recliner, you know, on my quilting, what do you uh, ladies or men that quilt call the quilting rack? Frame, thank you. So I, that's not where God promises to be. And so we, we, we got to be very clear on that because Scripture is very clear on that. Okay? All right, any comments before we move on? I got a little off track, but this is important. So Daniel has his windows open to Jerusalem. Why? Because to date, where has God been for his people? In the temple, the mercy seat, which was a big deal. Such a big deal that the most holy place, only the high priest, and there was only one, would go in there how often? Once a year. Okay? And when he went in there, he was to take off all the stuff that he would normally dress up okay, to show God's power and authority to the people, and he would put on basically just a simple alb. He'd wash and strip down. He'd dress very humbly. They'd tie a rope around his foot. Leviticus people already know this already. You know why? So that when he walked into the most holy place, right, if he had a heart attack, if he ticked God off in some way, they could do what? Pull him back out. This was a big deal, the presence of God. This is holy, reverent stuff. And I also want you to remember, regardless of which side of the mask issue you're on, when you come into the divine service, you're coming to the presence of the same God. Don't forget that. That's why we call it the divine service. Okay? Um, now, we wear clothes, we take medicine, we do all sorts of things to help preserve our bodies and that sort of thing, but, but our focus is on God's gifts. Okay? So this is Daniel's focus. He's worshiping the same God that you and I still worship. God doesn't change. Okay? So, so here's Daniel. He got down on his knees three times a day, you know, uh, and <laughs> Luther here makes a couple of references to this. Uh, but three times a day, we just say three meals a day. Okay? And Luther actually, in his catechism, he encouraged you to pray more often than that. When you get up in the morning, make the sign of the cross. Okay? Why? Say God's name and remember that he has brought you into his family. He's opened heaven for you. Okay? Say the Apostles' Creed. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Okay? Uh, pray them. Go about your day at mealtime. Okay? Luther's got prayers to say before meal and after meal. Okay? You don't have to use the ones he wrote, but recognize that this food has been given by who? By God. Even if you fixed it, it's still from God. So a Christian is always saying, <laughs> all of this is God's. I'm just but a steward of his bounty. Okay? So it's just a little different way of looking at life and totally different from the way the devil in the world would work. Okay? So here's Daniel. He's praying and he's giving thanks. Um, and This is what he had done previously, we're told. So this is nothing new. Daniel kept being a man of faith, which is a great encouragement and maybe an admonition for you and me. Raise your hand if you've got changes in your life this year. You better all put your hands up. Absolutely. And you know what, you know, you know what the example we have here? Keep doing what you've been doing. Keep praying. Keep giving thanks. The, the, the same God is still there for you. His gifts are still the same. I am the same 
yesterday, today, and forevermore. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I mean, and that's such a wonderful assurance for us. I think sometimes we forget that, okay? Uh, we, we forget how wonderful this is, okay? So then these men came by agreement, right? So early service people, here's the Pharisees and the Herodians. You know, they were kind of working together here. <laughs> They're going after Daniel. So we see in Daniel, keep in mind, a picture of what Christ has to deal with and how he conquers all of it. Remember, all scripture testifies to me. Now, a couple of my seminary professors would say, you're talking about the Herodians and the Pharisees and Jesus in the book of Daniel? I'm just using the Bible, man. Because everything points forward to Christ. Okay? Remember, always ask the where's Waldo question. That's all I would encourage you to do. Okay? And I'm not saying that's, that's the definite main meaning of the text. I'm just saying, where's Jesus? Where is he? So let's look at what happens here. Okay? Because all that happens to Daniel also happens to Jesus in many and various ways. Okay, here we go. So, then they came and said before the king concerning the injunction. So, forget about Matthew 18, where if you see your brother doing you know, private sin, you go talk to him. Uh, they kept, you know, Daniel's praying privately, and all of a sudden, they go break the Eighth Commandment, and blah, 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 right? And if you're a teacher, you know what that's like. You know, you get a kid, hey, Sally did that. You know, Billy did that, right? And you're like, oh, Calgon, take me away. They came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Now what strikes you as, as, as odd or unique about this, about this story so far? Huh? What? Yeah, shout it out. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. They've got it. I mean, who has a den of lions? I mean, that's just, I mean, are we, are, we, are we crazy people to think that? A den of lions. I mean, maybe you keep one lion around <laughs> or a tiger. I mean, these are crazy. But they've got a den, I mean, with, with more than one, <laughs> you know, lions. All right, so yeah, yeah, they, okay, that's what they've got. They've got a they've got a dead alliance. Did you did you see the the uh, story that was making news? If you got a smartphone or, or it was on the uh, uh, television stations too this week down in Florida of that big huge it was an alligator, right? Not a crocodile. They're different. I know it was alligator and it was huge and it's walking. You know, there, there's the the hurricane or the rains are coming through and this alligator just looks like a prehistoric dinosaur. Right? Don't go check and see if he's vegetarian. He is a meat eater. You know, stay away from him. He's lumbering across it, right? So, I mean, imagine if you got a neighbor that's got a backyard that they keep those for fun. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Um, o king, did you not sign this uh, instruction, the uh, injunction? Okay. Um, yes, the king answered. The thing stands fast. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, these are now the new, the new conquerors. This is like Pontius Pilate now, when Jesus is before him. Pontius Pilate is required to do what? Follow the Roman law. How is Jesus killed, by the way? Do you remember? Crucifixion. Who invented crucifixion? The Romans. Who used it for the capital punishment? Romans did. 
It's fun, fun to kind of study some of your history there with that. Okay, anyway, thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. He's the king. I mean, if he wanted to revoke it, he probably could, right? I mean, he signed it into effect in the first place without the House or the Senate. Didn't take it to the people. So, yeah, he could revoke it, okay, but they're like, okay. Then they answered and said before the king, Ha, Daniel, that goody two-shoes who does everything right, okay? Um, he is one of the exiles from Judah, yeah, 65 years ago. <laughs> Pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he had heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to de- de- deliver Daniel. Well, of course. This guy's like his right-hand man, right? I mean, smart guy. He's going to figure out how to protect his people, okay? Some way, shape, or form, okay? Um, uh, set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. He spent all day. He spent all day looking for the deer. I mean, uh, thinking about Daniel trying to figure out how to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, No, O king, by the way, i got to admit, so yesterday was opening day of deer season, rifle, and uh, yeah, I don't have any stories to tell you, sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was a great day. Saw lots of deer. Uh, right, John? Yeah, beautiful day, God's creation. No venison in the freezer yet. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. That's not completely true. I mean, the king, again, can change it, um, but evidently in this law had written that this was a law that couldn't be changed. That's how most scholars would, would read and write that, that this particular law said that it cannot be changed. Um, let's move on from that. There's some interesting scholarship on both sides of that, and I'm not going to get into that. Some of you might get into Mede and Persian history. Then the king commanded, Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. Wow. Right? So, I mean, wham, bam. I mean, this happens really quick here. Happens really fast. The law's in place. He's cast into the den of lions. Okay? The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Is that a prayer? (laughs) It almost sounds like a prayer. I'm not saying it is. But may God, may your God, whom you serve, continue to deliver you. And a stone was brought. A stone. Oh, that's interesting. Let your fingers do the walking through the Bible again a little bit. And laid on the mouth of the den. Pregnant pause there. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. All right, let's play the Where's Waldo game. Do I need to make the connection for you or did you already make it? Who set a guard of soldiers by the tomb? Pretty interesting. Very okay. Then the king went to see his palace, or went to his palace, and spent the night fasting. So he's, he's obviously, he's mourning over Daniel, okay? Um, uh, no diversions were brought to him, and sleep uh, fled from him. You've probably had a few, I've had nights like that before. you got something going on, you're really worried, you're afraid, you're not sure what's going to happen, you're just kind of sleep kind of fitfully. Then at break of day, <laughs> another pregnant pause, <laughs> break of day, right? New day, sun comes up. 
Easter Sunday, maybe? I, I, I mean, th- this, is, this is Daniel. I mean, this actually and really took place. Okay, but again, why is all this stuff recorded for us? It's to testify and tell us of Jesus, period. Okay? Um, as he came near the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. Okay? The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servants of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Now just raise your eyebrow like you got a fish hook stuck in it. Huh? What what did the king say? I mean, seriously? I mean, if you put somebody in a den of lions, <laughs> are they gonna be delivered? I mean, honestly. You know, I, we, don't, we don't know completely here the mind and the faith and the heart of the king. But obviously the king was hoping maybe the lions weren't hungry. Okay? You know, that, that maybe, you know, Daniel had learned some really good kung fu or lion taming skills or something. You know, and he knows who's, who Daniel believes in. I mean, anybody that served with Daniel, he's always been a man of faith. So everybody's aware of what he believes. Okay, and, and hopefully you know a little bit about what that's like if you're in a workplace and people are aware that you're a Christian and you have, you know, your convictions and your beliefs. Not that you throw them in their face or that sort of thing, but so they're very much aware of Daniel's faith and who his God is. I think that's a good reminder to us. I mean, do your job first, do it well, uh, but as you have opportunity, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that lives within you, Right? It's just a, just a good, good reminder. Share your faith in small ways, first by your actions, if you have opportunity to speak and testify to it. You know, but I've often asked myself, will people be able to, to speak of, you know, of me as this king spoke of Daniel, right? Knowing his faith and what he believed, or am I just so shy and quiet that be like, we don't know what that guy believes. You know, we just know he needs another haircut because his flat top is a little round, you know? Okay, so then Daniel spoke to the king. So Daniel speaks. So the first thing that happens is verbal, oral word. Another pregnant pause. Okay? Um, And uh, I'm not going to go any further with that one, uh, but it's very interesting. O king, live forever. So Daniel still, you know, recognizes his, his place in this life, this is a common greeting. He's recognizing him as one who has been put over him in this life by God Almighty. O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, singular, sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths. And they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. Now, Luther and some of the other church fathers would say this, this, was, this was Jesus before he had flesh, the angel of God, okay? Now, we can't make that claim completely, okay? Um, Could have been Michael, could have been Gabriel, okay? Um, But, uh, you know, when we get into a study of Revelation, we'll have some fun talking about the big angel, okay? I think in Revelation 10. Um, So anyway, they've not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. Wow, faith. Right, not that da- Daniel wasn't a sinner. Uh, a better word here was found righteous. Okay, without blame. Remember the, the 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 righteous shall live by faith. 
right? And then you get into like Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Abraham lived, by faith Enoch trod. Yeah, so, so that's the same faith you have. And so in that faith, and in baptism as well, God looks at you and, and he, all your sins covered by Jesus. That's so, that's so precious to us. To know that if Jesus returns later today when we're whining and complaining about COVID and masks and not being able to go to school and hybrid school and blah, 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 that he's going to look past all of our <laughs> whining and complaining and sin and you will be rescued because that's what Christ has done for you. Okay? And that's your faith. Your faith grabs hold of Jesus. Okay? And also before you, O king, I have, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad. Let's finish this up and then we're done. And commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him. Okay? Remember back to the, 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 <laughs> the fiery furnace? No smell of smoke. Okay? You know, I mean, maybe Daniel had some slobber on him, right? So I visited some dear friends the other day, and guess what the dogs did? Right? Some slobber more than most, okay? So maybe he had lion slobber on him, I don't know. But he's got no kind of harm because he had trust in his God. He had faith. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. Oh, oh, I can't stop there. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. <laughs> Into the story. <laughs> and who says there's no action in the Bible? Okay, we're going to stop there for today, okay? Uh, it's good stuff. Okay. Any questions, comments? You're good? Okay, next week, make sure you're here as you're able. Um, Mr. Sven Schumacher uh, who is the director of Lutheran Child and Family Services. Um, I'm going to be out of town next weekend. Um, he will be presenting on the work of Lutheran Child and Family Services. So I want you to support him, listen to him, learn about some of the, the great stuff that they're doing down there. He also asked me, he said, Pastor McKay, um, could I share with the people of Advent a little bit about German Christmas traditions? And if you've met Sven... Okay. If you haven't, just wait. So he's going to share with you a little bit about German Christian traditions besides tell you about Lutheran Child and Family Services. Okay? Good, good. Anything else mission board on that? Did I cover that? Let's stand and close with the Lord's Prayer. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us again to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Peace be with you.